Hey, and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. I want to start off by thanking Susan Anonymous for her review of the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate every single review and I read them all. She left a five-star review that says, I'm so impressed by Dr. Liz and this podcast. As a longtime user of self-hypnosis and someone who seeks to strengthen her skills, I find Dr. Liz to be a warm, gentle, sensitive, and empathetic person with the kind of experience and understanding so useful to anyone interested in this process. Just subscribed. So thank you again, Susan Anonymous, and thanks for subscribing. Every subscription helps me get found by the search engines and helps the information get out to people who need it. So let's move on to today's topic, mindfulness versus meditation versus hypnosis. Last week's episode, I did mindful parenting and gave some thoughts about that. So I thought this week I would talk a little bit more about the differences between mindfulness and meditation and hypnosis. So let's start by just picturing a big pink circle. In this big pink circle, we're going to label mindfulness. Then inside the big pink circle, there's going to be a red circle, and we're going to label that one meditation. So it's about a medium-sized circle inside the big pink circle. And then right beside the meditation circle, we're going to put a purple circle about the same size. We're going to label that one hypnosis. So what are the differences between these, and why are meditation and hypnosis inside the mindfulness circle. So mindfulness is intentionally focusing in the present moment and accepting what is in that moment without evaluating it as good or bad. That definition comes from Germer. So we can be in a mindful state for a few moments, for most of a day, for weeks. Some people live in this state. We can be mindful while doing all kinds of activities. My first exposure actually to mindfulness was when I was reading The Three Pillars of Zen, and this was in my early 20s. And I realized that when I washed the dishes, it was a very mindful experience for myself. Now, most people hate washing dishes, okay? And I will say, do not enjoy doing dishes for other people, okay? But for myself, I don't mind it so much. And definitely at the time, it was this experience of just being present to the dishwashing, feeling the warm water run over my hands. I didn't have a dishwasher, so it was all by hand. Cleaning the plates and really enjoying that process of watching the plates become clean and put in the drying rack. And the whole experience was actually pretty nice for me because I was focused right then on just enjoying it. So that's an example of being mindful of an activity. You can be mindful when you eat. I have a whole mindfulness eating program actually that people come in for. I also have a download on my website for mindful eating. Another example is many times when people go in for treatment for sexual disorders, and then they start with mindfulness, like focusing in the moment, not 
focusing ahead on performance or anything like that, but just really focusing in the moment of what feels good and what feels good to you and to your partner, that type of thing. And when you focus mindfully, you're really building in the ability to pay attention to the present moment. And when you do that, you discover that there's often a pause there where you get the opportunity to decide how to act or what to focus on. So mindfulness is a huge part of dialectical behavior therapy, DBT, which was really constructed to help people dealing with very strong emotions, emotions that sweep you away, okay? Emotions where they feel like they have to act, the urge is there to act. It was really developed for borderline personality disorder. And then since that first development, it's been expanded to many different areas and really generalized to emotion regulation disorders. So people are having problems regulating their emotions. Mindfulness is a big, huge component of that treatment because it develops this ability and skill to just pause, to not feel like you do have to act on whatever feeling is coming up. A big part of DBT is radical acceptance. And I use radical acceptance in my practice a lot, actually. I have several worksheets on it because it helps people so much in terms of not getting stuck in the past, not getting stuck in feelings that are overwhelming them. And mindfulness helps you to accept what's in the moment without assigning meaning to it. So often meaning is what drives anxiety. The people are assigning meaning to whatever thought they have, that it means this about them, or it means that they have to do this, or it means that someone thinks this about them, which then drives up anxiety. So radical acceptance is this concept of, okay, I can't change the past. I can't change what other people think about me. In general, we're not like spin doctors all in our personal lives, right? We don't try to be. That's not really my goal, for sure. <laughs> it's more like authentic living. So I can't control all of that. What I can control is my acceptance of the present moment. And when you practice mindfulness over time, that becomes easier and easier to develop that pause to say, okay, let me just accept what's going on here, remove any judgments from it, not say that it's good or bad. Let me just look at the possibilities here and different interpretations of what this could be, and then move forward from that place, a place of choice. Okay, now let's go to meditation. So meditation sits inside that mindfulness circle because in meditation, you have to be mindful. You are focusing on the present moment. You're generally focusing on a particular task in the present moment, whether that's a mantra or your breathing or perhaps a, a focus area, that, an image that you're supposed to focus on. So most meditation practices emphasize concentrating on something. So meditation is really that focus attention. And you're setting aside generally a time during the day, whether that's five minutes or 10 minutes, or for some people an hour or two hours, where you're really doing that. And it takes mindfulness to do that, but you don't have to meditate to be mindful, right? Because mindful is this larger experience. And meditation is a focused one inside that circle. Now hypnosis sits right beside meditation because the brain waves are similar. During mindfulness, you're not changing your brain waves. You are operating in the very present aware state. So that is generally considered the beta brain waves. 
So this is waking consciousness. So during meditation hypnosis, you're moving into deeper brainwave states, alpha and theta. So alpha is more like a lighter sense of relaxation, a daydream, a light sense of hypnosis. And then theta is when you're going deeper, deeper into meditation, deeper hypnotic state, like deep, deep relaxation. It's at that alpha theta border right around seven hertz to eight hertz where the optimal range for visualization is for using the creative power of your mind for really changing those neural pathways for building new structures in the brain now i do believe that if you practice mindfulness over time your brain structures also change because you become less reactive you become more in control of your emotions and those absolutely go with brain changes meditation and hypnosis creates that on an even deeper level. With hypnosis and meditation, you're changing those brain structures pretty quickly. Hypnosis is sometimes one or two sessions, a couple of weeks, definitely research protocols that those structures change six to seven weeks without a doubt. Meditation is very similar. So gray matter increases. There's a study done where it increased within eight weeks of meditation. And there's been numerous, numerous studies for meditation where it's certainly changing over years of practice, but often much, much faster than you would ever even imagine in terms of concentration, attention, and then the MRI is reflecting that. Now, hypnosis also sits beside meditation because it is a different process than meditation. So in hypnosis, you don't need to do anything. The hypnotherapist guides you into the relaxed state and then make suggestions for you to change. So for that, generally we start with the body and the relaxation, and that does take some mindfulness, right? To be present to the present moment, to begin to focus on your hands, let's say, or begin to just slow down your breath and relax your body. That's a mindful state. And then it'll lead you into deeper relaxation. And then the suggestions we make under hypnosis are for you to effectively change the behaviors, feelings, or thoughts that you want to change. These patterns that may be deep-seated, maybe less deep-seated, that you came in to change. So even in the type of hypnosis where you're talking, you're still in a deep hypnotic state, but you're also mindful of what's coming up for you, what images are coming up, what memories are coming up, what's happening in your body at that point. That's being present focused, even if you're remembering an old memory. You're saying, okay, how is this affecting me now? What am I remembering? And what's going on in my body now? So that does take some awareness and mindfulness of what's going on with you. And most people can do that pretty easily, particularly when they're in a hypnotic state. It helps make that memory clearer. And you are in this state where that's more easily expressed as well, I would say. Now, often when my clients talk, they are talking in like this very soft voice because they're in such a relaxed state. They're in a hypnotic state. So I have to listen really closely, right? Thank God I have good hearing. Although my kids might not tell you that, right? because sometimes accuse me of selective hearing. So it's not generally like they're talking in a normal tone of voice. Sometimes they are, or sometimes the feelings come up that are intense. And so some of that expression is going on. But in general, they're very relaxed in a hypnotic state in that alpha theta brainwave state. So the talking sounds a little bit different then. 
So I hope that helps you understand the differences between the three. I'm going to give you three resources. So if you want to learn more about mindfulness, there's like really good books out there that are general. I'm going to give you a more specific one. The Mindfulness Solution for Intense Emotions by Cedar Coons, K-O-O-N-S. And the foreword was written by Marsha Linehan, who invented DBT, Dialectical Behavior Therapy. It is an excellent book about how to develop the skill of mindfulness to better deal with intense emotions. A meditation book is Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics by Dan Harris and Jeff Warren. Jeff Warren, I interviewed in episode 65. So you can go listen to that one if you like. It's a really great interview. People download it a lot. So that's drlizhypnosis.com slash episode 65 is where you can hear that one. And then a final resource is called What is Hypnosis? by Drake Eastburn, E-A-S-T-B-U-R-N. And he was interviewed in episode 42 that's also a really good episode. So he talks about hypnosis some in that episode as well, but his book is excellent. All right, people, if you have any questions, you can email me and ask me, or if you want those worksheets for radical acceptance, I'm happy to email them to you. Just drop me an email, D-R-L-I-Z, Dr. Liz at drlizhypnosis.com, and I'll email them right out to you. All right, peace. I hope you truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. <laughs>